Welcome. This sermon podcast is a production of Refresh Community Church, where Dr. Carlos Smith is our lead pastor. Our vision is to see our hearts refreshed by Christ's presence, our relationships renewed for Christ's purpose, our lives rebuilt by Christ's power, and our communities restored by Christ's people. We pray that you are blessed by today's message, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. I am uh, so excited this morning uh, as Pastor Carlos uh, man has honored us and blessed us preaching through Ephesians and uh, starting with his marriage series, he ended with his single series. Amen. He did a wonderful job. Amen. Amen. All right. Um, and so this morning, man, we have an awesome opportunity to have a singles panel. Give it up for our participants. And I'm really excited about this morning because I believe as a church, we have a unique opportunity uh, to hear from them. Um, Because oftentimes in churches, what happens is is that we hear about singles from folks who are married who used to be single, right? Uh, Yeah, and oftentimes what happens is is that we can make a lot of assumptions. And, And sometimes our assumptions are not correct. Sometimes our assumptions might lack compassion or love or grace. And so, uh, man, I would ask this morning that you position your hearts uh, just to learn um, and to hear from those who are walking out their singleness and honoring the Lord. Amen. And so I've asked them to be vulnerable. I asked them to be honest. um, And I told them no judgment here. Amen. 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 So, Let's get started by uh, first everybody going around and introducing yourselves. Name, uh, let's see, where you're from, how old you are. I've already asked, uh, I've already asked for permission, how old you are. Um, also, give me an interesting fact about you, and if you had one word to describe singleness for you, what would it be? All right. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a job interview. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Dang it, I said over here to go last. <laughs> Hi, I'm Carly Nelson. I'm 30, and I've been single for 30 years. I don't know. <laughs> married people say hello to they're married. I feel like it gives me street cred. Um, other question. I grew up in California, but I've been in St. Louis for 12 years now. And uh, fun fact about me, I own a lot of swords. Um, they're mostly dull, because I don't want to do that to myself. <laughs> I'm kind of a klutz, but... Uh, if you want a sword, hit me up. I can get you one. Um, yeah. She has really so cool swords. I mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, really I'd cool say, swords. Um, I think one word to describe my singleness overall, I'd say fun. I, don't know, I have a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, amen. It's good. Hi, everybody. My name is Crystal Roberts. I am 31. Um, I am from the great country of Texas. <laughs> Um, country. The That's pride, right. I country. see. <laughs> um, and um, an interesting thing about me is Carly owns a lot of swords. I own a lot of candles. So I love candles. So. Oh, candles. That's it. Nice, nice, nice. No, no, one word. One word. Oh. If you were to describe singleness for you, what would it be? Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, one word to describe singleness um, would be complicated. Mm. How do I follow that? Jeez. <laughs> um, I'm Matthew. A lot of y'all know me by Matt. I'm 30, born and raised in St. Louis. Um, hey, Amen. I got a little fan. 
Yeah. You got church, one say you were sitting in the back. Church looks a lot different from up yeah. here, I must say. Um, interesting fact, right? Yeah, interesting fact. Um, damn, this is more like embarrassing and vulnerable. It's okay. Um, Those are the better ones. <laughs> I am like, I got this like strong fear of like things that can hop. So we talking like grasshoppers, uh, <laughs> frogs, kangaroos. Just really scared of those basketball players. No. <laughs> basketball players. <laughs> um, and one word to describe singleness for me would be uh, exploration. Yeah. Okay. Um, my name is Kate Parker. Um, I am 49. Hey, Amen. 49. Yes. Um, I was uh, single for 27 years, married for 17, and now single again. Um, I grew up in also the great country of Texas. Uh, moved here, um, well, moved to Boston and then moved here um, to go to school. Um, interesting fact is, well, I love to travel. I don't know if that's interesting, but that's a fact. Okay. Um, and I would say singleness to me is an adventure. adventure. Just trying to find Amen. myself. Amen. So, good. You already got one of those. Hi, I'm Patrick. <laughs> Um, I'm 32. I'm originally from Kansas, but I lived here for like 10 to 15 years-ish. So I consider this my home now. Um, and interesting fact, I sing in the St. Louis Symphony Chorus. Um, so if you ever want to come to the show, hit me up. And um, I would say interesting is my word. For singleness, interesting. I, I liked complicated, but I'm trying to put a variation on yeah. no, it. Yeah. Was there another question? No, that was it. That, you there did a like wonderful, five, so wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I know. Wonderful job, wonderful job. So first question that we have for the panel is, is what does life look like as a single today? You know, we're post-COVID, you know, and again, many of us have... You know, we think about being single, we think back to our 20s, right? And so not everyone here is that age. And so what does it look like? What does your day look like? What is your life? Whatever you would like to share, what does it look like to be single right now in 2022 post-COVID? Um, I would say having been married and uh, newly single again, um, I think one of my biggest struggles um, it's like the messiness of my singleness. And so I think having, I'm gonna just dive right in, I guess. Uh, one of the main struggles of, you know, being single today as opposed to being married is like the liberation of like sex. And so like, you know, not being able to have that be a part of my relationship. I think that's just a really tough adjustment that I'm making. So I would say messiness. Um, and you know, just as it relates to, you know, being vulnerable and things like that. Amen. Amen. Um, I would say part of it is just making sure I'm living with intentionality um, because I think it's very easy, well, easy is not the right word, but as a single person, you're not obligated to anyone else, right? I don't have children that I have to make sure get out the door. I don't have other, I, I'm, I'm, the things that I do in my day start and end with me. And while, and, and that sounds really selfish, but it's just, it's just that there's no ties in that regard, right? There's no, yeah. there's no family obligations in the sense of marital obligations. And so just trying to make sure that when I'm 
what I'm doing in my life is intentional and it's bringing glory to the Lord and it's doing the things that the Lord would want me to do even in singleness, that there's nothing... Oh, this is a hard question. <laughs> um, I just good. think, I think that, good. I mean, there's so many things and like we can say that, oh, we're, you know, it's a waiting period, but it's not, a, God is doing something whatever part of your day that you're in, right? If you yeah. wake up and you're breathing, God has something for you to do that day, Amen. whether you're single Amen. or married or, you know, widowed or divorced, whatever the reason is, God has something for you to do and it's our job, single, married, whatever, to figure out what that is and embrace that for the day. Amen. Amen. It's good. It's good. Patrick, you grabbed the mic. I thought you were. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would say that sometimes it's frustrating because, uh, I don't know. As I've done some reading, I've kind of learned that really, it seems to me, this is just my opinion, it seems to me that the current... Um, like, like we all feel pressure from people in the church, especially like, oh, you're single. Oh, and then it's the immediate like wheels turn. Who can I set them up with? <laughs> and like, that is not, I feel like that's more of a prod product of our like 21st century American culture than it is like what. Paul taught in the scriptures like we just heard you know last week or two weeks ago like I would that you all stay as I am uh and it's always like we kind of ignore that in the church <laughs> and uh so I would just say like what am I trying to say um I would uh, it's complicated uh I would just say like it's difficult because, man, I'm circling the drain. Uh, it's difficult because people have like preloaded um, assumptions about why you're single or not or whatever, and it's yeah. it's not always that cut and dry. So yeah. please get to know people before you start deciding what they need for themselves. Ooh. <laughs> man, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk uh, had to turn the mic on. Um, so I would say, um, like, a, the daily life of being single um, is a combination of all of the things that they've said. But also, um, there's a place where sometimes it feels like um, people take your time as less valuable. Mm. Um, and they, sometimes they make it seem as though like, oh, you're single, so you have time to do all of the things. Um, and that's not always true um, because I value my time for myself. And um, so like I have to be intentional about saying no to certain things and putting up boundaries um, because there's an expectation of, especially being in like the church culture world of like you give your time to, like whatever time you have to whatever you can and the reality of it is Christ has called us to Sabbath so we need the rest that we can get even if it is um 
even if it's hard to say no. And so I've had to like learn how to say no, learn how to take time for myself. Because I come from a family where mostly like everybody is marriage. Marriage is a very big idol, very big ideal, like lifestyle in my family. And so like being one of the only single people, it's like, oh, well, Crystal can and Crystal can. And I'm like, no, Crystal can't. Because I am, like, my, I have to take care of myself. And so um, it is, it is interesting um, because you have to set so many boundaries in so many different parts of life. And not even just family, with work as well. Um, because people think, oh, because you're single, you can take homework, you can do work whenever, you, people can call you whenever, and it's like, nope, yeah. these are my boundaries. I don't care if I'm single, I still have a life outside of this job, so. Yeah, yeah, it's good, it's good. Yeah, did it all that. You kind of stole what I was going to say. Um, yeah, like we don't have obligations. I don't have an obligation to like a husband or children, but like I still have family and friends and a job. And I've definitely been tempted because I'm just at a small company, one of 10, but I'm the only person who doesn't have kids. And so I'm always kind of tempted to work more to kind of help take that load. But then it's like I have other things and I have ministries I'm involved in. And I'm definitely someone who says yes to too many things and can get kind of burnt out. So my, my own sister, could, I couldn't book her in to visit me until April. <laughs> Anyway, so she still give me crap about that. Um, so if you want to hang out with me, book early. That's all I'm saying. Um, <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, dang it, I lost it. Um, it's okay. I don't know. Amen, <laughs> amen. Amen. I had a no? thought, and I thought it was important. Oh, I was going to say, right. Uh, for me, like, leaning into found family, because my whole family's in California pretty much, so I'm, I'm the only one here, so I don't have anyone within, like, 2,000 miles that's blood-related to me. Um, but I've been very lucky to have, like, very deep friendships and relationships here. Um, and so, and I've had friends that have brought me along in every season that they've gone into. So they've gone married, like, they yeah. didn't disappear off into the ether. They, like, still hung out with me and have kids, like, bring me in. Um, be with their kids and go to Eckerd's and things like that. So I, I still feel like I get to be a part of family because of church here. But it's the same thing of like me intentionally choosing to lean into that because yeah. I definitely have the option to be like, oh, yeah. I don't want to deal with your kids barf, so I'm just going to leave. Whereas parents, you can't just like leave. You got to clean it up. Um, <laughs> so being willing to, to be the person to help yeah. them clean up their kids barf, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> that was a weird metaphor. I'm sorry. Hilarious. So, amen, amen, amen. So, my next question, actually, I think it was on here, but I, just based off of what you guys said, I just think we have an opportunity here. When you hear singleness talked about in church or taught on or just in general church culture, what is something you wish we knew? Um, how does that affect you? How do you hear it? How do you take it in? Um, and what would you say um, to help those sitting in the pews every day as they think about talking about singleness? Now, I've had some conversations with a few of y'all, so I know y'all have some things to say about this. I'll start. Um, so, yeah, he was looking at me because we had this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, if you don't know me, um, you probably don't know that I grew up in the church. So, I was literally born in the church. Um, my parents, are, they work at the church, all the things. Um, and so growing up in church culture, um, singleness has been a very um, hard thing to talk about and to accept. Um, the church has not done a very good job at making singleness um, something that is a beautiful thing. It's made it seem like a burden. 
Um, and I can say that because, um, like, growing up, um, my parents have always been like, well, when you get married or when your spouse comes around or I'm praying for your husband or I'm, I'm um, praying that one day you'll get married, all of those things, the, like, growing up from an infant, hearing that to an adult, the goal has looked at marriage, Right. And so the, my heart has been like, oh, well, one day I'll get married. And now here I am, 31 and single. And I'm like, okay, so where's that promise that y'all kept harping on when I was a little girl? Mm. And so it's difficult when we celebrate marriage as opposed to celebrating covenant relationship. Um, and so what I believe would be more helpful would be to say, hey, we know that God has a great plan for your life. And whatever that plan is, whether you are single, whether you are married, it will be beautiful. And, and, and you will be whole. Um, the, the thing that's been hard is like, man, I'm like here, I'm single and it's hard and I'm looking for my spouse and maybe I don't feel like I'm good enough because the expectation was always marriage, yeah. right? But the reality of it is I am whole. And it is beautiful to be single. And it's okay to, th- to pray and ask for a husband and all the things, but a husband is not the goal. Amen. Christ is the goal. Amen. Amen. And so Amen. that's yep. been something that's really been difficult because the church has not done a very good job at putting Christ as the goal above all, all else. Amen. And so amen. that's my answer. Yeah, which, which Pastor Carlos talked Amen. Give it up. Amen. <laughs> which actually Pastor... Pastor Carlos talked about in his sermon where us as the church, we just have this responsibility that oftentimes we think we're doing a good thing. We think that we're encouraging. We think that we are serving you well by saying, oh, this is going to happen, have hope and all that, when the byproduct or the other side of that coin is oftentimes it's leaving the person with hope and, I mean, a lack of hope and despair. So, no, amen. I appreciate you being honest, sister. Anybody else? Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, I think... You know, the church has done, the church has struggled with, you know, uh, singleness in marriage. And um, I think, you know, it's often treated as, like, singleness is often treated as this waiting room for marriage or, like, this funnel for single people to walk into and uh, eventually get married. Um, And so what you have created is, like, this culture of idolization of marriage. Hmm. Um, I had a conversation recently with my oldest sister, and she's approaching 40. She's never been married, and, um, you know, I challenged her. You know, she's, she was opening up to me about her difficulty with dating and things like that and finding quality men, and, you know, I just told her, ask the hard question, like, what if you never were married? Like, would your life be complete? Would you be okay? And uh, she grew sad, you know, as I asked her that, and uh, I think that comes from this belief that like marriage is for me and I don't necessarily think God is promising marriage to any of us but I think you know whether we're single or married he has promised to be with us and like you said like allowing us to be whole Um, and so the satisfaction like you said is in in the Lord you know I don't think um, it's in this destination to find marriage and make that our identity because the reality is whether you're single or married the Lord ain't requiring less of you. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. Well, so I would say, having lived in both worlds, that um, I was very unprepared 
for marriage. And it's one of the things I loved about um, Carlos's series on marriage is focusing on preparing yourself. And I think as a single person, even if we're not preparing ourselves for marriage, we should always be preparing ourselves to be a pleasing offering to the Lord. And I think the church has not done a great job. I, I agree with everything that's been said so far, absolutely. But it's not done a great job in like helping us to look at ourselves on, and like how, how are we creating ourselves to be a better version of us for the Lord, right? It's like, like the husband is not the salvation, the spouse is not the salvation. Like if I find the perfect person today, they're still not going to be the one who completes me, right? The one who completes me is the Lord, but I have to do the work to make that happen. I mean, the Lord can work in me, but if I'm going to get up and not spend time with him and not study his word and not talk about him with others, then I'm not going to be complete. doesn't matter who, God else, who else God puts in my life. Amen. It's good. It's good. I think also as a church, uh, as I actually received some questions from the panel, I think as a church and as a leader, we have to um, be cognizant and be intentional about even how we talk about marriage to singles. Um, because we can make marriage to be kind of this pinnacle thing that they always look forward to that's going to answer all their questions and you know, fill them in all these different places. And then, you know, when it happens and you finally do get married, then oftentimes in marriages you get let down and you'd be like, man, what's wrong with me? What happened? Why is this not everything that they always told me it would be? And so um, I think that's another aspect of this um, that we need to consider. Uh, next question. What is the best advice you have been given regarding your singleness? <laughs> That's the default. Just give it to Crystal. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's see what I had to say. Um, <clears throat> ironically, so um, I, most of my family is a bunch of godless heathens. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so for me growing up, like, there's been like zero pressure to get married. It was like last year, even my dad was sort of like, hey, so you thinking uh, maybe you're dating someone at some point? You know, it's like, it's very, very hands off. And there's not been a lot of pressure about that, um, which has been nice, which I think is part of the reason I generally felt a fair amount of contentment from it, even going up in the church. Um, but so for me, I generally I just wasn't really interested in dating anyone until I turned 21 and some switch got flipped. That was a really weird Wednesday. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, anyway, and so for me growing up, people mostly just acted like I was like this like magical saint. Um, and <laughs> they kept telling me like I have the gift of singleness. I was like, I don't like as if like it being easy was like some magical spiritual gift. And it's like, yeah. but then talking more with people, but singleness the season is the gift itself um and so for me i think the best advice i i actually haven't received i think best advice i've received is from carlos and folks here um but also it's my own thinking of like just leaning into the positives of the season and in whatever season of life you're in i think going back to the back back to the last question i think Another problem with the way the church has talked about singleness is as that's that waiting room, like it's just a season of like waiting, like I'm just sitting in the corner, keeping it in my pants, you know, like, just engage your core, you know, um, that's not what I'm doing. Um, like, I've got other things to do, um, but also talking about singleness, I'll be also think of it as like, oh, it's just like you're young and before you're married, that's when you're single, but it's like, no, it's, you know, your spouse might die, you might get divorced, or you've been, you're 16 single, or like, at the end of time in heaven, we're all going to be single, well, technically we'll be married, married to Jesus, but you know, um, <laughs> but so I think, 
yeah, leaning into the positives of that season. I'm not saying, like, you know, don't... It is okay to grieve the things that are hard. Like, it would be nice for me to have... I live alone, too, so that's been a little hard lately. Um, so it'd be nice to have someone there and have the default person. Um, but, yeah, just thinking of the positives of the seasons you're in. Which I try to tell, like, my youth group kids, too, because I think growing up as a kid, it's hard. It's always, like, you're just sitting there waiting until you grow up for God to use you. It's like, no... You're not the church of the future. You're the church of the present because you're in the church now. Yeah. So, Amen. like, um, yeah. So, as you said, God can use you now and not can but is using you now. Um, even my girls have been so encouraging to me. Like, they've been really hyping me up. And things they've told me last summer just have been like, I don't know, I dwell on that. And you guys have been so encouraging. And I don't think you guys realize how powerful your words are. I'm just staring straight at Trinity. Sorry, Trinity. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so leaning into it. Um, and seeing it as a positive instead of a waiting season. Amen. It's good. It's good. I'll go. Um, <laughs> I think uh, some of the, ve- the best advice that I've been given um, was to not feel like contentment has to be a constant thing. Um, because a lot of the times the advice is, oh, just be content. And then you will, you will find your person. That's not reality. Like, the reality is our hearts move to and fro all of the time. Like, when was the last time you were content about your life? Okay. <laughs> so, the best advice that I've been given is... <laughs> I mean, it's reality. Come on now, y'all. We real. <laughs> we being real. Okay? So, the reality of it is... Um, we have to take contentment and strides. You take it as you can. If today you contend and tomorrow you're not, that's okay. But you, you take it as whatever you have at that moment. And it's a moment by moment, day by day thing. I cannot say I'm content 24 seven with my singleness. That would be a lie. The reality is it is hard. Like Harley said, you mourn those things. Like I mourn not being able to have a family. I mourn not being able to have children. I mourn not being able to have somebody to come home to on a daily basis. Those are things like reality that I cry about. But the reality is that God meets me there. And he picks me up when I'm down. And he reminds me that I am, I am still his. I am still known. I am still seen. I am still loved. And so learning how to take the contentment when I have it and be okay with it and then embrace the, the sorrow, that's, that's probably the best thing that I've been told because I feel like in any season of life, you should be able to know that. So, so I jokingly said to Kyle just a second ago, I haven't been given any good advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I'm serious. Like, I ain't got much to say. Um, But I would say that um, there's a book I read last year called Seven Myths About Singleness by Sam Atterbury. He is a pastor, I believe, in the UK. Um, I think he's an Episcopal priest. But he's a single dude. And he, I don't know, one of the things I drew from the book was kind of like just encouragement in what I was already doing, which is like seek out community. Um, We have a whole room of people here who are all seeking to love Jesus and know him and love each other well. Uh, And the frustrating part is a lot of people are so 
you know, focused on their career and their family and, um, you know, all these other things that we get forgotten a lot. Um, and so, like, I don't know. That's my encouragement to you all is, like, <laughs> we got to get together more often. We got to – and COVID was the worst because suddenly, you know, I like hugs. I like singing with people. And I like to be, um, like – around people and get together and eat together and suddenly we couldn't do any of that uh so that was it was real hard um so coming out of that over the last couple years i would say like my zeal for doing those kinds of things and having people over is very much increased and it's not always met with the same like level of excitement which i know y'all got stuff to do too but um that's my advice, I would say, is like, like you all are my family, Ooh. you know, like straight up, because that's what Christ calls us to. That's what the, um, that's how the early church was. So that's my. Amen. It's good. I think that's the constant theme as I talk to uh, singles is. Um, either there's this, an assumption that all your time is like just you free to do whatever. Um, and then the other assumption that I hear a lot is, is that you're not lonely, right? Um, that you have all these friends and that you're, you know, because we think back to when we were single and that was pretty much for a lot of us college. So when we were single, we had a ton of friends and everybody was around and we all lived together and it was one of the greatest times of our lives, right? But when you start to get older, it doesn't look like that anymore. Um, you're in an apartment by yourself a lot of times, and you don't have a lot of people inviting you over for lunch or for dinner or involving you. And I, I think one of the assumptions that I've made and I've had to repent for is because I have a family, um, sometimes I don't think about bringing a, that a single would want to come into my family and help with me and my kids, right? Uh, and, and, but, but actually inviting them in and actually to be a part of the family um, and to be able to share uh, the experiences and what it looks like and to be able to feel that, um, I think is important. So, yeah. Can I talk on that? Yes. Please invite us over. Like, yeah. now for real, like, because part of the perk of being single is you can go experience that and then you get to go home. <laughs> And you don't have to deal with it all the time, but it's nice. Like, it's nice to be, you know, take part in helping make dinner and stuff like that. So don't think, oh, they don't want to deal with me and my kids. Yes, we do. If, if I could add to that, I yeah. have an example of that. So like I said, I'm from Texas and I moved here last year. Um, and I was able to come in and be a part of the Rhodes family. Shout out to the Rhodes. <laughs> Shout out to the Rose. <laughs> and it has been a blessing to my entire life. Honestly, I don't know what I would do if I was like if I was not able to come in and be a part of their family. They are my family. And I like have relationships with each one of them individually and it has been a beautiful part of this season of my life that I would not trade for anything. Amen. And so when you invite people, especially singles, into that space, it makes them feel like they are known and loved and seen in a space where normally we're kind of outsiders. It's like, oh, well, they're not my kids or they're not my, my spouse or whatever, so I don't know if I can have that depth of relationship with them. But you can. 
and it's beautiful and it's whole and it's like Christ and it is in, it's encouraging and all of the things. And so I could go on and on, but it has been a blessing to me. And so I would encourage you guys to open up your hearts and your homes to singles because we need that type of love. Amen. It's good. And I, I would say the key word is invite. Um, smoking as a recovering introvert or all-time introvert, it's <laughs> like, you know, people will say, you know, oh, well, just go out and get to know people. You know, it's like, no, thank you. <laughs> um, I love you, but I need to be invited in. I don't want to feel like I'm forcing my way into your family. Yeah. And so, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily have to be like a huge commitment where you're saying, oh, well, if I invite her, then now she's going to be, I have to save a place for her at the dinner table every time we eat. But I mean, I have a friend who, after my divorce, like intentionally every holiday invited me over to her house. Mm-hmm. You know, and it wasn't that like I needed to be, I didn't, I could say no, but I knew that if I needed a place to go when I was by myself, that she would invite me there. And so I think the invitation part of that discussion is really important because if we're not invited, it's, you know, there may be some singles who are like, I'm coming, but I'm, that's not me. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, it's just, it's just very important because it does make you feel seen. It makes you feel loved. It makes you feel heard yeah. to be invited, to be valued yeah. in that way. Yeah, and I know, I imagine, I guess, it's easy as parents to kind of feel overwhelmed or you might be stressed out by your kids and so you assume that's how other people are kind of receiving them. But um, I, I just have a, I don't know, have a much greater capacity and patience because... Again, I have that kind of my fortress of solitude to go back to. Um, but just, I have like energy I bring into it because I'm not in it all the time. And so I think not assuming how, you know, that we're being like, oh, I don't want to be around that. Or don't worry about cleaning your house. Literally no one has ever cared. Yeah. I don't care. So just let, I don't, let us be in the mess with you. That's all I want. Like I don't want to be off here cleaning by myself. That's super boring. Um, so, yeah. That's good. That's good. So can you uh, tell us what do you enjoy about singleness? Because oftentimes we talk about singleness is always negative stuff. It's always the weight. It's always what we're doing wrong. Like, what do you enjoy about singleness? I'll start. Um, Carly, you better. (laughs) You enjoy. Um, I do enjoy it. I have singleness. For real, all I ever wanted as a little girl was weapons. And (laughs) my mom didn't buy them for me, which looking back is reasonable. So it's not a criticism of her. That was wisdom. Um, but I don't know. Just I'm by myself, and no one can stop me from buying as many swords as I want. So uh, just leaning into my weird self and just being able to do that um, is a super fun part of it. Um, I can also be as generous as I want. Like, if I decide to give all my money away tomorrow, like, no one can stop me. Um, so, ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so... That, like leaning into that and enjoying that, um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the freedom like getting to travel. Um, my mom's single too, so we're gonna go to the Galapagos together in like a couple years. And uh, so yeah, trying to and sometimes it is like when the loneliness hits, like I want to like oh I don't want to go too far away because I want to stay with like my friends here, which is good. Like I I want to be with them, but also yeah, also like leaning out and trying new things, being able to do that. Um, yeah, intentionally like I. Um, I've always wanted to do sailing, so I decided, like, you know, I'm just going to find some sailing lessons, and the Hainlands came with me. Thanks, Hainlands. Um, so, yeah, getting to do fun stuff. And then um, just, yeah, I really enjoy this, that greater capacity I have to come and help my friends, um, especially with their, like, little kid, little kiddos. Um, yeah, I, we, um, 
I think I read somewhere, like, the, throughout most of human history, like, the ratio to, like, adults to kid in, like, a home, it was, like, four to one, generally, like, or at least maybe even six to one, like, because you're with your, you're living with your whole extended family, right? So if it's just you two and you have, like, four kids, like, if you're overwhelmed, that's reasonable. <laughs> that's normal. There should be a lot more of you. So being able to, like, feeling in not just, you know, invited, but integral into that sort of ecosystem of, it, you know, it takes a village, um, being able to just provide that and show up whenever and stay to whenever I want and having so much more energy to run around with them and just listen to whatever nonsense they're saying that is adorable. Um, <laughs> yeah, so just I get capacity, I guess, is what I Amen. really enjoy. It's good, it's good. Yeah, um, it's funny that you asked good advice. I'm like, hey, let me pass the mic because I ain't got no good <laughs> um, like, there's good advice. I lived on the way opposite end of the spectrum. Um, and so for me, you know, singleness as a man has just been defined as, like, uh, promiscuity, um, you know, and, uh, you know, just poor behaviors and as far as character is concerned. Um, you know, I come from a family where I've, like, literally seen all the men be unfaithful and things like that. Mm. Um, and so that leads into, like, what I enjoy about singleness. Um I enjoy like rewriting that story as far as my family lineage is concerned, you know. Um, yeah, um, those horrible practices and that bad advice that I got from a lot of the men around me led me to being unfaithful and eventually divorced. Um, and so as a, as a single man raising a black daughter, that um, gives me power to like rewrite that story and empower my family going forward for future kids and things like that and so um you know being like my manhood does not have to look this way anymore it can look like a faithful man who is god-fearing and leading his family in all the right ways um so yeah man thank you brother um Okay, so one, some of the things that I enjoy about my singleness is to be able to travel. Um, I love to travel, y'all. I have been to so many different countries and so many different states, and I love to travel alone. Now, if y'all have traveled with people, you understand. When you get to travel alone, you get through everything fast, quick. You don't have to wait on nobody. Nobody making you run late, all the things. I love it. My friends are like, can we travel? So that's one of my favorite parts about being single. Um, Also is the capacity, like Harley said, just being able to be um, um, spread wide with love. Um, Being able to go into different people's families and love them well, especially with like the the students. Um, Being able to like pour into the students. The thing that was hard for me like growing up was I didn't have anybody to pour into me. And so as a single woman, I'm like, I can take as much time that I need to to pour into the girls because they need they need somebody to like disciple them and to love them and to care for them. And so um, that's one of my favorite parts. Also, um, I don't know. I feel like um, my friends, y'all, I have some of the best friends and it is a blessing. Um, I came into St. Louis and got some really great friends, but I also have friends all across the United States. And so just being able to like go and see them and hang out with them and spend as much time that I want and not have to worry about like me coming back home at 10 o'clock, but I can stay out until 
12 o'clock or one o'clock or however long I want to, because I have the freedom to do that. And I have the capacity to be able to pour into them and them to pour into me. And if we want to go and I have a day off and I can go and hang out with them in the middle of the day, I can like, there is a lot of flexibility. And so, um, those are probably the biggest things that I've enjoyed. Man, it's good. It's good. Um, I'd say for me, it's like figuring out what I'm passionate about. Like I have the space to do that. Mm. Um, and so I can try different things. And it's like that I, that I would, if I, uh, that I didn't ever think I would, I'd be like, oh, I kind of like doing that. Hmm. Who would have thought? Um, but I can try all those different things because I have the, have the space to do that. And then also I think too, it's drawn me closer to the Lord because He's the only person I can rely on. Like he's, I, I don't have someone I can home like, oh, I, they can take that load. It's like, I mean, yes, I have friends and family, but when it comes down to it, it's like the Lord's my, my kind of my, st- my stopgap, right? If I need something, it's like, okay, God, we have to do this, and I don't know what we're doing. I mean, I, I traveled alone for the first time a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, Lord, I don't know if this is a good idea. <laughs> and he was so faithful in bringing, you know, like before I even got on the airplane, there were people behind me that were on the trip with that were going to be on my trip. And, and he just, like, he made friends for me in ways that I wouldn't have been able to do myself. But I was just able to totally lean on him and say, okay, Lord, if this is going to work, it's going to be because you did it because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and it's just really cool to be able to do that with him. It's good. It's good. cop out but I don't have anything to add because it is like the freedom and autonomy it is the traveling it is the um, just ability to lean into the Lord and not be uh, have my uh, what's the word I'm looking for Uh, MO determined by the people around me and their stuff. And that sounds kind of selfish, but like this is the path God has had me on. So I'm going to lean into it. Amen. Amen. Uh, So for those on the panel who are actively or open to uh, the future of being with someone, a spouse or what have you, what does it look like? to find somebody or to try to find somebody today. What does that look like? Yeah, I know. Yeah. 2022, what does that look like? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me, man. <laughs> it ain't easy. Um, the, it's just weird. Because so, our culture, right, it's gone like so, like, I don't know, like, casual and hookup culture and then that is like a result I think Christians will like double down like we've got to be really intentional but they feel like like, like psych ourselves up to feel like I need to know if I'm going to like marry this person before I get coffee with them you know it's like yeah. nah dude just get coffee yeah. like worst is you'll be friends like you don't need to be weird about it uh, so um, I don't know yeah I think a lot of my friends have done uh, online dating and found people that way um, I tried it for a couple months kind of half-heartedly and just started getting annoyed every time I got a notification. So, like, I don't want to talk with a random. I'm going to hang out with my friends. So, I don't know. <laughs> that's what hey, it looks like good. for me, which is to say not existent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I wish we had... I feel like as church in general, um, I've appreciated we don't have this weird division between genders. Like, I feel like I really can have deep friendships with men and it not be weird. Um, so that's been lovely. I think we as a church have... 
always done that well. Um, but yeah, I guess it'd be nicer if we could be more chill about it without getting weird, you know, the incorrect, immorally chill about it. Oh, like our, our culture is, but yeah, it's in like this, this weird, like extremes. And I feel like there should be a more of a happy middle. That's hard to find. Yeah. And as a, as a, and you actually answered the second question, what I'll just add it is, is like, how can us as the church serve in any way in that process? If there is a desire for us to help. Yeah, you can news set me up if you want. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing it out there. Okay. Oh, y'all know. Ah, dear God. Carly said, "If you know somebody, I'm gonna regret that later." Talk to me first. (laughs) Yeah, talk. Please talk to. Don't just bring them up to me. Uh, yeah. That's not. But again, that's a ask first to Patrick's point. Don't assume that everyone's into that. Um, but I don't know. I like meeting people. I like having friends. I'm, you know, again, book ahead, but. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going back to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you realize this is all live. Okay, it's all right. It's all right. Um, I, I'll speak as the, the oldest member of this panel, um, that it's, it is very difficult. Um, I was, I did the dating site thing for a while, and I, and I felt the same way. It was just, like, you either got, hey, girl, you so beautiful. And I'm like, <laughs> I really put the ugliest pictures up there that I could find just to not get that. But... Um, but I, so I think you know you either get an inauthentic approach, which is, or you, and you, and you're like, but you also you don't, you know, nobody's going to go deep directly, right? It's just that's just not our culture, and that's hard to find because I don't play very well in the shallow end, um, and so that's been a very big challenge for me. And so I think part of it too is just content. I know there's people tell us to be content, but I think there's a contentment that you can find in like accepting your singleness and being okay with it and like knowing that you have value as a single person and that so it's more of a okay lord if there's someone for me out there you're gonna have to like thunk me on the head with a two by four so i see them because other than that i'm just gonna try and do what you put in front of me amen yeah Come on now. Listen. Don't get, don't get shy now. Listen, I'm not, I'm not shy. It's just, it's a there's lot. a lot to there's a lot. say. Well, we, get, we still got about 12 minutes. I mean, I'm Go not through. about to spend 12 minutes talking about this, but <laughs> if you really want to know a lot, all of my thoughts come talk to me. Um, but I can say that it, dating is hard, um, especially on di- online dating. It is trash. In my experience, now some of you may have found your spouse online. You that is so great, praise God. My brother actually, my brother and sister-in-law are actually married from Match.com. But as for me, it has been a terrible experience. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna go and talk about all of the hard things about conversation and all things. Just know people do not know how to have conversation. Um, and that makes it extremely difficult for me being an extrovert and a conversationalist. Um, and so it's, that's been difficult. Also finding men who really love Jesus. 
And I don't mean just a man that goes to church every Sunday and is lifting up their hands in worship and that's it. I mean a man who is in community, a man who has accountability, a man who loves Jesus with all of his heart and has a desire to have his life purpose filled by God. That type of man. Those are hard to come by. I'm not saying they're not out there because they're all in the audience. But what I am saying is it has been difficult being a 31-year-old woman coming in contact with a man like that. There are some that are out there. There are some that I've come in contact with, but it just didn't work out. And so dating has been difficult. And I'm not saying I'm not open to dating. If you want to set me up, go for it. Now, it's, it's not going to be easy. <laughs> <laughs> and not even just by my expectations. You got a, a, a line of people behind me that's like, nah, sis, that ain't it. Like Bernie. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard um, because there, yeah, it's not easy to communicate with people sometimes. And then just people actually genuinely loving Jesus, it has been uh, difficult to find. So, Anybody else? Yeah, they're looking at you, Matt, you don't. <laughs> um. Yeah, dating looks a lot of ways in 2022. Um, yeah. I was just talking to my barber yesterday. I was like completely blown away when I found out Facebook got a dating port, like a dating aspect to it. I'm like, what? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either. So, so, so Facebook has a dating port. Facebook portal. has a dating port. Oh, wow. They do everything else. I'm gonna... Okay, all right. Yeah, I want to spend the next 15 minutes talking about that. Go ahead. <laughs> we could, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, as somebody who has, uh, primarily dated in the traditional sense, like meeting people in person, um, I haven't done the online dating thing. Um, I think, you know, like, so like, I can't speak right now at this stage in my life to like the prospects of dating and things like that, but being in a relationship, um, heading towards marriage, um, dating also looks the same, like it looks difficult and messy and, um, you know, I, I know a lot of single women and I know a lot of single men. I think there are obviously a lot more single women around me than single men. And they are some good women, bro. <laughs> they are some good women. And, uh, you know, whether it's my sisters in Christ or my biological sisters, I hear the struggles of like finding quality men um, for all the reasons that Christy just kind of named. Um, so, you know, y'all need to like sit outside some therapy offices and wait for these brothers to come out and like, <laughs> you know, seriously. Um, Best place to find a spouse, counseling offices, Harris house. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I mean, because I, I find that, that like, until somebody is intentional about, um, you know, opening themselves up to that part of healing, then, like, dating will be a game. Dating will be something that's, like, um, speaking as a man, as like I alluded to earlier, as, you know, the more I can get, the more manly that makes me. And, um, and so the seriousness from men um, is, is just not there as far as dating until I think you, you know, um, take that intentional step to like work towards yourself. Um, so yeah, that's all I like. Man, man, it's good. It's good. <clears throat> uh, I want to, you know, as we start to 
for the sake of time, start to close here. Um, one of the things as a pastor is I've had so many conversations with so many singles and just listening to them and just thinking of ways that we can help to partner. Um, I think as a church, we need to be challenged in the way that we hyper-focus on uh, pushing single men and women away from one another. Um, making it taboo to be around one another, taboo to have friendships, taboo to, to be in a class together, taboo to, to anything. And because one of the best ways of finding a spouse, if you're looking, is someone who's a friend, someone that you know. Um, and so as a church, um, you know, as we're thinking through the future of our church, we want to find better ways, and it's a commitment to you all, better ways of helping singles to connect. Not trying to be matchmaking, but helping you all to connect and be in the same space to be able to build, build those friendships. Amen? Amen. All right. Final words. So no question. Just whatever you would like to share with the church. Um, any words of wisdom, any challenges, anything you need personally, how can we better love you and support you um, as we move forward in this season together as a family? Because ultimately we want God to get glory um, and we want you all to feel loved. And so, yeah. Any final words? Um, I guess mine's more I mean we mentioned some ways that the the church at large can do better but I think also it's easy when we talk about the church to like think of some sort of amorphous entity that doesn't include me Um, and so I challenge I mean singles but really anyone but when you think of like oh I wish the church did this um, you are the church yeah. So if you think yeah. there's something that should be done, you should do it. Or if like I wish the church said this, it's like, well, if you say it, the church says it. So mm. go do that. Um, so yeah, be, be I guess yeah, be encouraged that the power, even just you as a, a single person or, or or married person, I meant like a individual person, um, has uh, the Holy Spirit in you. So you can you can do a lot. Amen. Yeah, it's good. Um. Yeah, uh, I, I think one thing that the church could do better is um, like fostering, uh, like kind of what you alluded to, a space for like platonic relationships to exist. Um, I'm 30, and I can tell you, like, I haven't like genuinely had platonic relationships with women until I started to approach 30. It was like this aggressive approach to relationship, uh, aggressive approach to dating. Um, and so, like, if, you know, one of piece of advice I would give the church is to like pull back and like take a more lighthearted approach to that um and then if the church wants to take on that responsibility i feel like the church needs to be uh intentional about um um equipping people for marriage right Mm -hmm. um so when i got married i didn't grow up in a church um and so like my first time getting married it like felt like this one two three step approach and then i'm married boom um hadn't really opened up about any difficulty that I like dealt with as far as childhood trauma, et cetera, right? Um, and so I was deserted essentially to my marriage and that's what made me fail. Um, and so like if the church wants that responsibility, I think the church should like be intentional about the equipping piece for that, right? Amen, it's good, it's good. Okay. Um, I think one piece of advice that I would give um, is 
to be intentional about purpose at an early age. Um, especially when it comes to like children and like cultivating who God has created them to be um, as individuals. Um, I think that a lot of the times we can um, like make assumptions about what the future is going to be um, for people as opposed to like how is God presently working and how, what is God presently doing and what gifts have they, has he given you right now to cultivate um, and I think that if we can continue to do that while also like what Matt said, like making platonic relationships a beautiful thing, not making it like, oh, you like him or, or she like you or she like him or he like her. I'm trying to get all the words, um, but like making it as like friendships are beautiful, like friendships are necessary. Friendships are what you need in order to survive and thrive in life. Covenant friendships, like good friendships that are going to hold you accountable, that are going to love you well, that are going to be there for you, whether you're married or not. In singleness, you need those friendships. In marriage, you need those friendships. And so I think that like, as you come to learn who you are, you can um, learn to love others as they are and embrace those relationships and friendships. Um, as like good things and not as like, oh, it always has to lead to something romantic because it doesn't and that's okay. Um, and so I think that that would be um, probably one of the, the best things I could say, like when you went with children and, and young, uh, young adults who are like trying to grow up and to be something, um, I think like encouraging good friendships is probably the best thing that you can do for them because they're going to need it in every stage of life. I'm going to add to that. Um, at, like growing up and being in a lot of weddings and seeing a lot of marriages come and go with friends and acquaintances and stuff, I think one of the biggest predictors of marriage success from an outside perspective is do you have thriving friendships outside of your marriage? Because so many of the guys I've worked with over the years, they're trying to get everything from their wife. And, all, and as Carla says all the time, your spouse cannot bear the full weight of your life. And so when, when I start hearing that, <laughs> I'm always like, ooh, like, like counting down the days till they are having problems. I'm not trying to be condemning at all if that's you. I would say please find friendships outside your marriage. I was about to say with the same sex as you, but like not necessarily. I would just, you know, be careful. But but we do need friendships outside of our marriage because like it takes the village. We keep saying that and then we go home and live differently than we try to act like what we know the Bible says. Amen. That's good. So one of the best gifts in friendship that I've ever had is I have a friend who asks really great questions. Like I have never, like I just, I, learn, I sit and learn from her. Like she'll be talking to someone and I'm like, what kind of question is she going to ask next? Because she really, like she she starts to hone in on the person and if they have a passion or a, a hobby or and just tries to dig deeper into that like what do i know about that hobby and how can i ask that question to pull them out of into the conversation more and it's done very deliberately she really wants to get to know the person and so i've been really trying to model that um 
from this expert that I learned. And so that would be my encouragement is, you see the person next to you, not the person that you came with necessarily, ask them questions, mm. be interested in them, right? Don't just ask, hey, how's your day going? Or um, how, how the, the Astros won last night, woo woo, you know, um, that's all good things to start with, but go deeper, right? Like pursue a relationship, even if it's just for this specific moment at church, because you don't know who's come in this morning feeling invisible. Yeah. You know, I can remember um, a long time ago when I would, I would literally come into church, and no one would talk to me the whole time I was here, and I could go home. And it was almost like a game, like, ooh, I won, nobody talked to me today. And that's not what we're here for, right? Yeah. We're followers of Christ. We're called to love each other. And there may be someone here who just needs to know that they're seen. Amen. Um, and so that would be my encouragement. As a single person, it's hard to come to church by yourself. Amen. And so to be loved, just love someone that way today and just yeah. be interested in them genuinely. Amen. Amen. That's good. <laughs> Panel, we are at time. I want to just tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you sitting on this panel being open and transparent and honest and honest. Yeah. You all did a phenomenal, a phenomenal job. Um, and I think that we as a church are better for it. Amen. Uh, this will actually be your benediction. I know we have a couple meetings after service. So if you have a meeting, please uh, go directly to it. It's 1130 already. This will be our benediction. Uh, Romans 15, 5 through 6. I think it is good considering what we discussed today. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be, grace and peace be with you all. Amen. Enjoy your Sunday. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We pray this message has impacted you in a meaningful way. If you want to know more about how Jesus can change your life, we would love to connect with you further. Send an email to hello at refreshcommunity.church or come visit us at 829 North Hanley Road in University City, Missouri. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and see you next time.